You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the match preview. Qatar take on the Republic of Ireland in Hungary. I'm joined on the line by Gary Spain. Gary, how are you? All good, Paul. Um, looking forward to the game tomorrow night and, and hoping, hoping that we can finally get the win, the first win under Stephen Kenny. Yeah, I can't believe we're still waiting on that win, you know, especially after the other night and stuff like that. But we obviously know how that result went. So, yeah, we're on to this game now. Um, actually, Qatar, funny enough, they beat Luxembourg and they beat Azerbaijan. So you've done a little bit of research on them. So if you want to, you know, take us through and talk us through um, your research on them pretty much. So you kind of give people who don't know a little bit of an insight on them. Sure. Well, I think the, the big thing to from their point of view, Paul, is they're, they're hosting the World Cup, as most people know, next year in November 2022. And it's absolutely crucial for them. They've never played in the World Cup. They've put billions and billions of euros into this to make sure it's going to be some show and their squad it's all home based so but that now there's advantages and disadvantages they obviously don't have players playing in the top leagues in europe or anywhere else but it does mean they can get their squad together whenever they want and so they've they're basically doing tours of the world at this stage they're playing in our qualifying group. They've obviously given UEFA a lot of money for that. They were meant to play in the Copa America, but they've had to pull out of that now. But they're still playing in the CONCACAF Gold Cup in the summer. And they've already played a number of um, a number of games. And uh, they're playing, I mean, regularly. As you said, they beat Luxembourg. They beat Azerbaijan. They, they drew with Costa Rica. They, they had a bit of a hammering against Ghana there recently. Uh, so it's it's difficult to know what um, what we're going to come up against. The, the one player we need to look out for is their, their number ten. Uh, he's a midfielder, Hassan Al Hedos, and he's thirty years of age. But he got both the goals in the win over Azerbaijan, and he's he's got more caps than anybody else in Qatari history. He's already on one hundred and thirty-seven caps, and I'm sure he's one that Stephen will have to keep an eye on tomorrow night but uh, other than that I, I don't actually know a lot about Qatar I mean they're obviously very well known in this part of the world because they their major sponsors are Barcelona and they actually own PSG so they have a huge influence in European football but it's it's quite a small country uh, they've they've trawled for, to get players, they've they've had some controversy in the plan in the past because they tried to naturalize some Brazilians, but the current squad is all either Qatari-born people or Qatari nationalized nationalized people because they do have a lot of migrant workers in the country as well. So it's it's a bit of an unknown quantity, really. But it will be interesting to see what they have tomorrow night because. One thing's for sure, they are going to want to put on a big show when they host the World Cup next year. And they're going to want to have their squad in tip-top tip -top condition. And by playing against European opposition, I think that's uh, how they're going to do this. So they're going to take tomorrow night's game very, very seriously. It'll be like a competitive game for them. 
and uh, it, it will be difficult for us then. I think it should be like a competitive game for us. I mean, I think the players will want to show pride tomorrow night and, you know, maybe restore faith in the team. And I was seeing some pictures earlier of Seamus Coleman having a team talk with the team. I'm sure he had some more home truths to say with the team and stuff like that. But obviously on Qatar and there's all these protests going on, you know, with teams and stuff like that. Um, Norway and Germany and Netherlands are just to name a few have all kind of come out in protest against Qatar because of obviously the human rights stuff. Um, you you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, they, 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 as I said, they have spent billions in building these stadiums for the World Cup. And unfortunately, I mean, I've actually never been to Qatar, but uh, it, it gets incredibly hot there in the summertime. It can touch 50 degrees centigrade. And unfortunately, a number of people, I think it's thousands of people, actually, uh, migrant workers have died in the constructions of these stadiums. And that's obviously, uh, it has to be a massive concern. And that's why people, the, the Norwegians and the Germans, etc., are protesting. And uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see any protest tomorrow night. But who knows um, what's going to happen? Well, Stephen had mentioned that if the players wanted to uh, in his press conference earlier that they can, and it's something that they haven't uh, discussed. They hadn't discussed at the time. They probably have by now. So it'd be interesting to see. But I have an article here up on uh, aljazeera.com, and it just says why are football teams protesting against the Qatar twenty-two World Cup? Uh, the qualifiers: Norway, Germany, and Netherlands footballers have protested Qatar's treatment of migrant workers, as you just said. Uh, footballers are staging on-field protests in the 2022 World Cup qualifiers to highlight Qatar's treatment of migrant workers and its human rights record that have been under the spotlight since it was awarded the hosting of next year's tournament. A media report published earlier this month alleged that six six and a half thousand migrant workers from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, and Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, sorry, died in Qatar since 2010 when the country was awarded hosting rights of the 2022 tournament. Qatar responded by saying that the mortality rate among these con- communities is within the expected range for the size and demograph- sorry, of the population. There has also been protests against harsh working conditions, especially during the summer when temperatures often go past 40 degrees Celsius, 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, wage abuse, including on a World Cup stadium site and a lack of rights afforded to migrant workers who compromise about 95% of Qatar's population. So you can kind of get the idea it just as the teams that have protested uh, the Netherlands national team wore t-shirts uh, emblazoned with the words football supports change Norway players wore uh, shirts saying stating human rights and on and off the pitch and then the German team lined up a black shirt with each one white letter to spell out human rights but its football association said it was opposed to boycotting the World Cup so there's a little bit of a you know, controversy surrounding the fixture, obviously regarding all the other national teams or whatever. Whatever happens here between the players protesting or whatever, um, that's going to be optional pretty much. But more so on a football sense, and from our point of view, I think we're going to see a lot of fresh faces tomorrow. I think we're going to see some players brought back in that have, excuse me, that haven't played. Uh, Shane Duffy, I'd probably say, will come back into the into the side. I'd say Coleman will take a step out because. 
three days and such a quick turnaround. I don't think he'll, he he basically said that Christie would be involved anyway in the press conference earlier and Ryan Manning. So you can see there already there's a bit of a change. I'd say he'd probably go back to his, the 4-3-3 because he doesn't have Stevens and, and Doherty. So I, I'd say a 4-3-3 would be most, most likely, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, Paul, because I was saying before the start of this window that the Qatar game doesn't really matter. And it could be something that Stephen could use to look to the future, to build, to try things out. And, and, and likewise for the games in the summer. Now, unfortunately, the way this window has gone, and we're now into 10 games without a win, I, I think he will be a bit more focused on trying to win the game now, as opposed to trying stuff out. Because there was quite a lot of negative press after Saturday night. And I'm sure he wants to bounce back with a positive result, which is a bit unfortunate because in reality, these friendlies, the result doesn't really matter. And it is normally an opportunity to try to try things, to, to experiment, to try players out. So I think you're right to your point that some of the periphery, mem- periphery members of the squad, like Cyrus Christie, will get a game. Ryan Manning should start, as you say. But I don't think he wants to make too many changes because another defeat could be bad for morale. Yeah, I agree. But as uh, as well as that, you got to think of you know players going back to their clubs. You know, you already look at now Stevens and Doherty are going back injured to their clubs. So that's obviously going to have to be taken into account. Also, the fact that there's players there that haven't kicked the ball throughout this whole international window that will probably be looking at this game as a, as a way of trying to get back into the team. You know, uh, I, I definitely say someone like maybe Daryl Horgan and even Ronan Curtis and stuff like that who weren't used at all. Ronan Curtis wasn't even in the matchday squad the other day. So uh, Troy Paris as well. So there's all these players who, who haven't kicked the ball. Jeff Hendrick as well, don't forget. So um, there's players like that that are still in, in amongst the squad there and probably, I think, should come into the team just because... Just the, the the close games, you know, the games in such uh, close proximity, really, that's all it would be for me. You know, obviously I want to win this game, but I think that the players that could come in and be fresh could help us win the game. Yeah, I suppose it's a good point. The th- it's the third game in six days. So for people to players to play in all three games, it's going to be really taxing. I don't think their clubs would be too happy because they obviously have a club game on Saturday. So, yeah, it's the balance between uh, giving guys a chance. And, I mean, I would hope the likes of Jeff Hendrick does play and puts his hand up and says, I should have been playing. And he puts in a performance that makes it very difficult for Stephen to to leave him out next time. And uh, so maybe we'll see more changes than, I, than I'm expecting. It's It's probably hard to tell. Uh, Stephen is also having a look at the players in training, which we don't get to see, obviously. And he knows who's who's in form, who's maybe a bit leggy, who's still going full tilt. So that, I'm sure, will influence his thinking as well. This is the IFF TV podcast. We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team Feedback. As you can see in the image there, some of the clubs that Team Fipe has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team Fipe is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. 
Club administrators save hours of time with Team Fipe. Save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline, and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, parents and players register with the system, which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates. Team Fipe keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments, but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team Fipe already works with over 1,000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team Fipe is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. Team Fipe is free to use it's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees, there is no sign-up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee, Team Fipe charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process, similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at teamfipe.com or call on plus 353-1526-7499. This is the IFF TV Podcast. But well, in your opinion, how important is it to get a result in this game uh, for Steven's sake more than anybody? Well, you see, there's just been so much negativity after the Luxembourg game. Uh, it probably is more important than it should be to get a result. I mean, if we do win tomorrow night, it will. we will end on a positive. It will get the monkey off his back. I, I really hope Stephen gets to at least finish out this campaign and hopefully he's been told that already because i hope the fei do make that decision because I, I i still think this can be turned around and if that's the case then he has tomorrow night he's the two friendlies in june against hungary and andorra and he, he can use those to and, and and spend a lot of time with the squad particularly in june and to, to get things right and hopefully we'll have a lot better performances in the autumn. So normally I'd say it wouldn't matter too much, but having lost to Luxembourg, if we lose, or even depending, if we don't perform well against Qatar tomorrow night, I think the knives could be out again and the pressure could just be mounting and mounting. And uh, I mean, I, I've seen some terrible, horrible stuff on social media. And uh, it's. I think if we can get the win tomorrow night, that will certainly ease the pressure. And I, I think things will get forgotten about, really. I think the, the summer camp should be able to be done in, in relative peace and quiet. I, I don't think there'll be too much focus on those games. And there's six months to the Portugal game in September. And that's uh, when hopefully we'll see a much better performance. Yeah, I think you're right in what you say there. You know, it is... I, I really, I think the whole nation just wants to see us win a game at this point. I think it's just, you know, the the last, the first game against Serbia, we just wanted to see a score. That's how bad it was. Now we want to see us just win a game. We don't care how, we don't care if it goes in off someone's arse. As long as it goes in and we win the game, I think that's just what people want to see. Um, you know, good football or not, I think at this stage, just people just want to see a win, um, which you can understand. So, in saying that, yeah, look, I want Stephen Kenny to succeed. I really do. I know you do too, you know, and 
watching him and this team go through this, it's hard. It's hard for fans. It's hard for him. It's hard for the squad. It's hard for everybody. And it's, it is, it's not a nice feeling when you're kind of looking at us going like, when are we actually ever going to score? It's, it seems so, it, we, it reminds me of like a team fighting for survival in the Premier League to have good all round play, but ultimately they just can't put the ball in the net. It's kind of similar to Brighton in a way. In the fact is we play all this nice football, but it, when it gets up to a certain point, we just don't do anything with it. And then we concede and then we lose the game. Because that's what's happened to Brighton a lot this season. It kind of just it reminds me in a way. I'm not saying we play anything like I, I think they play better football than us. And they're more urgent. But we need to see urgency in our play tomorrow. We need to create chances, more chances than we did against Luxembourg. And probably more chances than we did against Serbia. We need to be right at it. I, in some ways, this even though it's a friendly and it means nothing, in some ways it's a bit of a cup final. And as you said there about players like Jeff Hendricks saying put your hand up and get yourself back into the team. This is, an, this is a chance for them to say, hang on a minute, I shouldn't have been dropped. And I'm going to show you why I shouldn't have been dropped. Or else they'll come in and put in a performance and Stephen will say, yeah, I was right to drop you. But as you said there, um, the camp, obviously in June, we're, we're now, it seems as though we're going to play Hungary and Andorra. So, I mean, we're going to have, he's going to have, sorry, he's going to have nine days to work with the squad. So that's why I think this the result tomorrow is crucial. So he gets definite time to then, you know, come into June and then actually have the time with the players. Because I think that time with the players would be hugely beneficial. And I think that's when you'll start seeing a real difference in things. And I'd say we'll probably win, well, one, one, one or two, the, one of the two games. Um, hopefully okay. two. But I don't want to get too carried away. Um, we, we, we'll... <laughs> We'll have a preview on that close to the time for sure. But I just think we need a result tomorrow and then carry the momentum into June. That would be the ideal scenario. End this horrible window on a positive. I would love to see someone like Troy Parrott score the winner and we win the game. And it's optimism and excitement and just happy vibes that we've won a game. One of our young players has scored and... You know, we we're we're on to bigger and better things. Then, hopefully, yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, unfortunately, there's been there's been stuff in the media that um, I mean, some people are calling for Stephen to be sacked this week. Now, I actually don't think that's going to happen, and I really hope it doesn't happen. But I think a win tomorrow night would hopefully end that speculation. But no matter what the result is tomorrow night, I really hope it doesn't happen. I hope he gets that June window because. Two years ago, in June, Stephen was able to bring his under-21s to Toulon. And he had a couple of weeks to work with them, got to the semi-finals of the tournament, did really well. And they really benefited from that. And he hasn't had that with the senior squad yet. I mean, he, he got the team together last Sunday night. He probably had training Monday, training Tuesday, and travel is traveling as well. And to play in Serbia on Wednesday. So... And then another game three days later, and then another game tomorrow night. So three games in six days. So it has been really intense. He hasn't had the time to work with the players. And we all know the issues with COVID and injuries last autumn. So I really hope he gets uh, this June window. He gets the time with the squad. And hopefully we'll see the benefits of that in the autumn. 
because I, I, I think Stephen definitely deserves to see out this campaign. I think he will be. I, I don't think the FAI are going to be trigger happy on this. And I hope I'm right on this. But um, I think he will get the time. And, and, and then in November, December, we can take stock of where we are at that point. We'll have a, a number of other games under our belt. But I think uh, tomorrow night will help. A, a win would be absolutely huge. Uh, because it won't be easy. It, 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 Qatar are going to treat this very seriously. It's uh, it's their biggest game of this window. They will see us as being the, the biggest team, and I, I think we are as well. We are we are bigger than Luxembourg and, and, and Azerbaijan, despite Saturday night's result. So they're going to be really up for it. I'm sure we're going to see their best side. But I, I, I'm hoping for a, a performance tomorrow night and uh, really hoping for a win. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. The, the only thing is, um, I just want to see from Stephen is, is is proper in-game management. I felt as though when it wasn't working the other night, he maybe should have made something happen or tried to make something happen a lot sooner than he did. I felt the subs were all quite late, and I'm hoping that this time around that he will, you know, bring on subs maybe just after the hour mark to give them the half an hour to get into the game. I think bringing players on with 10 minutes to go, it's not enough time to let them, you know, get up to the tempo and the speed of the game. I think he needs to. I think that's something he needs to improve on as a manager. If I'm being honest, um, you know, and I'm I'm not really that critical of Stephen that often, but I do think there's times where his in-game management lets him down as well. And we've seen it a couple of times over the ten games. I think where subs should have been brought on a lot earlier than they have been, and he was letting players stay out there who just weren't really offering much at all. So I'm hoping tomorrow, if it comes to the stage to the hour mark, and we're not looking like you know we're doing much. That he brings in players who are going to provide that spark and that energy to to make something happen, or or maybe that bit of cre- creativity to create a chance. So that's how I feel about it, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that was a criticism of Stephen, even in his hugely successful Dundalk days, when they were playing group stages and, and beating teams in, and getting picking up points in the group stages of the Europa League. And winning whatever number of leagues it was. I mean, you know, Cork won one, but Dundalk won about four, I think. And uh, so they were so successful uh, under Stephen. Now, he still got a bit of criticism over that. And I, I think it's fair comment on the other night, Paul. I think it could have been done better. But ultimately, Stephen is the manager and he is going to live and die by those decisions. And uh, it will be interesting to watch the substitutions tomorrow night if things are not going right. And uh, I think you're right, and I do expect we'll see them a bit earlier. Uh, I mean, in particular, I, I know Luxembourg had just scored, but throwing uh, guys on in the 88th minute, I don't know what you could have expected at that point. But even against Serbia, it was when we conceded the third, then three subs came on. You know, it's yeah. on a little bit earlier, in my opinion. But look, he's he is where he is on merit, so, you know, you have to kind of... <laughs> You have to kind of trust him in some ways, don't you? I mean, that's that's what he was given the job for, in fairness. But look, as I say, I want Stephen to do well. I know you want him to do well. And uh, let's just please hope for a win tomorrow. I'm going to get your prediction before I let you go. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling confident, Paul. I, I think we're going to sneak it 2-1, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, I was thinking 2-1 myself earlier. I think I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll go with 1-0, uh, though. Because we're not scoring that many, we're, we're, they're not. You know, sometimes when you score a couple, then they start flying in. But then we were nil nil against Luxembourg and just didn't look. So I'm hoping a one nil win. Um, no matter how we do it, we just need a win tomorrow. I don't care 
how, but it just for everybody's morale, we need a win. And I'm I'm sure the players, our players, will be treating it as serious as the Qatar team as well because they'll know how much a victory. Well, they should be. They're effectively playing for the manager's future. Well, I I don't think it's that serious. I I hope not. I, I think no matter what happens tomorrow night, Stephen is going to get June. I could be wrong in this, but I think he will get June, and I think he will. Well, they need to put in the he will start in the autumn. But I would like to see a performance. I certainly would. Yeah, well, I, I think I just think they, they need to show more than they showed in, in uh, the game against Luxembourg, and and you know because ultimately it's going to reflect on the manager no matter what. Even though all he could do is pick the team and and set them up. But anyway. Uh, yeah, let us know what your thoughts on what you think this game is going to play out, how it's going to play out, uh, what your final score is, how do you think we'll win. And um, yeah, uh, we actually got a bit of criticism the other day saying we were very biased towards Stephen Kenny. So let us know what you think of Stephen in the comments as well, without being you know, ridiculously, with some of the comments I was reading were a bit crazy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> leave your thoughts in the comments. <laughs> Don't forget to like the video and don't forget to subscribe. We'll speak to you soon. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.